Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In the Gun, episode 77, I'm Skylar Callahan, and joining with me this morning is Jed Drenning, the signal caller. And here in a few moments, we're going to actually talk to Phil Steele, college football Phil Steele. Yes, he's going to help us break down some of the top 25 games, dive into some of the Big 12 matchups, and then, of course, we'll put a bow on things with West Virginia and Penn State, uh, who will kick off this weekend at 7.30 up in Happy Valley. And, Jed, this is going to be a lot of fun. Phil Thursdays. I, I like this. This is going to be interesting to get his perspective on some of these top games in the country. We've been talking about this for weeks, and now we finally get him in here on this call, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the author of the College Football Bible. Uh, you know, when I, when I in the offseason, started to explore different ways to grow the platform, improve the show, you know, we brought on a producer who I'm talking to right now. We and, and I thought, you know what, from a guest standpoint, who would really add some sizzle to this thing and bring some great content? And the first name that came to mind was Phil Steele. And I was like, well, now I have to set some things in motion and uh, and see if we can make that happen. So I reached out to Phil's people. And uh, it's been interesting over the course of the summer uh, talking to those folks. Uh, Chris Van Dyne does a lot of work for him. And how that operation even works up there in Cleveland. There's about 15 of those folks full-time for Phil working in this building in Cleveland. And, and just operationally, it was really interesting to see how that magazine comes together, uh, how that whole thing functions. But uh, I couldn't be more excited to get to get Phil on here and talk to us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, quick word here from our, our sponsor here, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Jed, I mean – you're a guy that used to do these things all the time with, with the previews. I mean, you, you did a deep dive on West Virginia all the time. The magazine was a big hit. I remember I told you when you first called me about this, this position, you know, to, to be your guys' producer and whatnot, I was all giddy. I was like, you know, I'm doing this for Jed Drenning and, and the signal caller and his magazine. Like, I, I know this is a different thing, but this was really cool. So, I mean, when you started reading into some of Phil Steele's stuff, I mean, did, did you ever kind of pick apart his brain and how he dove into some of these teams? Well, it's it, first of all, when you get into the print side of things, it's a labor of love. Like it back is. when I was doing this, I did it for an eight year run. And one thing I noticed was each year print got more and more expensive, almost to the point that it got cost prohibitive toward the end. But also, from a print standpoint, there's always that terrifying window when you go to press It's seven to 10 days from the time you go to press to the time the magazine's actually in your hands because you don't know what stories are going to break. And for instance, back in 2011, that that magazine went to press and that's when Dana had the interim label removed and became the head coach. And we had Stu on the cover of the magazine. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and things you can't control. Well, to that end, I, I fully respect why why Phil, being the savvy guy that he is, he's no rookie in this space, right? Uh, that's why Phil has bumped his magazine release date 
later in the summer because when you read some of the other college football preview magazines now i'm telling you those those rosters those two deeps and especially those starting lineups in the age of the portal uh they're kind of put together like a ransom note i mean there's a lot of missing pieces there's a lot of flawed information well to phil's credit he's kicked his down the road a little bit now it doesn't release as early it used to be optimal to release these things around memorial day weekend but now he releases his in July. So, and, and that's one thing I noticed. If there is a time that the portal actually quiets down, he's managed to hit the sweet spot and collect mo- the most accurate information to put it in his magazine. And so you, you can really have pretty good faith in, in terms of what you're reading when you pick that magazine up in July and understand that there's not going to be seismic shifts in these starting lineups in his magazine as as a pair compared to some of the others, which which tend to be way off. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with college football nowadays. I mean, it is so hard to get into these previews. I mean, I, I started diving into Penn State last week, and fortunately, they, they don't really have as much attrition as probably some teams around the, 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 the college football landscape do. But when we get into Big 12 play, I mean, some of these schools, I mean, you're talking about, I think it was Houston. That's like 40 or 50 newcomers. I mean, it's ridiculous how many new guys. Yeah. So it's only the start. Um, it's, it's good. This is going to be, become the new normal, but that's okay. Uh, we, that's why we bring in Phil because he, he's, yep. he's going to break this stuff down for us and help us out a little bit. So um, we're going to go and get right to that here in a minute. But of course, this episode of ITG is of course brought to you by our friends at Tooth and Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton. So enough waiting around. We're going to make you wait just a little bit. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsor here. And then right after the break, we'll bring in college football's best, Phil Steele. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money. And that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one, QB Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at InTheGunPodcast. All right, everybody. So we got Phil Steele on the line here. College football's best preview out there. If you want to catch it out, uh, go to Barnes and Noble, Books a Million exclusively. Um, you can go get that that preview at, at your closest uh, location there. And so today we're, we're going to bring in Phil Steele to break down some top 25 matchups, some Big 12. And like we said here in the opener, uh, we're going to put a bow on things with West Virginia Penn State. So Phil, Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning here. And uh, this is Phil Thursdays here on In the Gun. So welcome. Hey, a real pleasure being on. Thanks for having me on the In the Gun podcast. We're going to kick off some games here. But first, I have to tell some folks what we've been talking about. It's the accuracy of your magazine 
is unprecedented. I mean, it's worth the wait coming out in the middle of the summer as it does now. You were so wise in doing that in the age of the portal. You can still actually get a starting lineup and fill Steel's magazine and trust it as opposed to so many of the others. So if you're not already on board with it, I encourage you right now to go out and get one. It's something that you're going to be using throughout the course of the entire season. So please do. But Phil, let's get rolling with some top 25 action. Uh, this thing is going to air Thursday afternoon. Of course, Thursday evening, we have one of the first big games of the season in terms of pitting two top 25 teams against each other. Florida and Utah and Salt Lake City last year. We saw what happened with Anthony Richardson down in the swamp. What do you see playing out with these Utah Utes and Salt Lake City hosting the Gators? You know, and my uh, my idea about this game has changed a little bit. I think in the beginning and in the Vegas line has changed as well. Uh, when you look at Utah, uh, they, they have the stronger team. They're at home. They're almost unbeatable in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, in fact, the, the last uh, three years, non-COVID, they were a perfect 19-0. and They're playing with legitimate revenge. I like Utah to win this thing big, but with Cam Rising probably being out for this game, it is a little bit of a concern. I'll go back to last year, the Washington State game. Bryson Barnes started it, and I thought their offense was okay, but after putting up 562 yards and 31 first downs the previous week against USC, they struggled to get just 344 yards against a, a decent but average Washington State defense. So now backup quarterback for Utah, I think that makes the game a little bit closer, probably more competitive. So what I originally thought would be a Utah win by maybe 10 to 14 points, I think the Utes still tough to beat at home, but I think Florida's going to make a game of it. Should be should be a pretty interesting game, but uh, I would have had a lot different output outlook had Cam Rising been available. Yeah, Phil, uh, the one team uh, that is kind of going to be interesting to watch this season, I think, is Ohio State. I mean, obviously, they kick things off with conference play in Indiana, and they're big favorites in this game. But how they replace C.J. Stroud and some of that talent that they lost to the NFL, I mean, I I'm not expecting this to be a close game at all, and I'm sure you're probably not either, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So what, what can we expect from this new-look offense at Ohio State? Yeah, well, I think the one thing with Ohio State, and if you go back and take a look at like the last 10 years, even with first-year starting quarterbacks, they generally at the end of the year have the best quarterback in the Big Ten. So I was a little concerned that Kyle McCord just didn't outright win that job and really take control of it. Uh, you know, he and Devin Brown, uh, they just announced that this week that he's down out Devin Brown and he wasn't uh, Ryan Day wasn't flowing in praise with Kyle McCord I still expect a big year out of him and what a supporting cast best set of receivers in the country last year their running backs were banged up now they got Travion Henderson Mayan Williams both back and healthy little concerned about the tackle spot on the offensive line and the center spot as well uh, but uh, Ohio State will be explosive now playing Indiana they're going to probably have the crowd edge Ohio State fans travel extremely well uh, I expect that when you look at the crowd at Indiana, it's going to be half Ohio State, half Indiana. And uh, the Buckeyes should be able to win this one big. I think they open up with three big ones, but circle that Notre Dame game. I've got Notre Dame as my number one surprise team in the country since they weren't ranked in the top ten. And uh, I think that's going to be a real tough test for the young quarterback. So far, so good there. So let's round out the top 25 before we jump into some Big 12 action and and obviously, we'd be remiss if, if I didn't get your quick thoughts on LSU, Florida State. Uh, year two, Brian Kelly. Obviously, Florida State's been one of the darlings of the offseason. What do you see unfolding there? Great matchup between the two teams. And both deserve to be in the top ten. 
the the thing that I found out about, uh, and this was after I went to the press with uh, Florida State, was that uh, when I do my unit rankings in the front of the magazine, I don't look where I ranked the, the previous unit or anything like that. I'm just focused on that position. And the thing that surprised me is uh, Florida State's offense and defense. I'm talking about quarterback, running back, receiver, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back. It's not surprising a top 10 team that they rank in those position categories in all seven categories. However, they actually rank in my top 15 in all of those seven categories. This is a loaded team with Jordan Travis at QB, and they added in some great transfers like Braden Fist from Western Michigan, Central Cypress from uh, Virginia, Jaheim Bell, uh, Keon Coleman, Michigan State's top receiver, joined the team. 17 returning starters plus transfers. They are loaded. Uh, I liked the crowd last year. I was surprised that they had so much of the crowd uh, last year, which was uh, on, you know, at a neutral site as well, but not as favorable. Here they are in Orlando. Uh, I think the two teams both deserve to be in the top 10, but I actually like Florida State to pull the upset here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I like Florida State, and I don't know. I think the, the LSU hype may be a little bit too much. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little ahead of myself, but we'll see. Um, but before we get into some of these Big 12 games here, Phil, I uh, just want to get your thoughts on this new look Big 12. The 14 teams now, obviously, is going to look even more different next year. But when you look at the, the the conference for what it is this year, it seems kind of wide open, even though you have Texas and Kansas State kind of sitting there at the top. Do you feel like there's a dark horse team in this conference that no one's really talking about that can maybe be in the, in the mix of, here at the end of the season? Yeah, and the thing, you know, to tell you a little magazine story, guys. Uh, you know, I do the uh, uh, I do the magazine a three right through process, and uh, the first right through is my postseason right through where I uh, read through every article that's written about the team during the course of the year, and this is after I've already watched every game and and lived every game during the season, and then I sort of do a pre forecast on all th- all the ten uh, conferences, and uh, nine of them I was pretty sure who's at the top, who's at the bottom, who's in the middle. Yeah, the Big 12, I just crumpled up the paper at the end and threw it in the trash because, I mean, this is uh, – look at the last two years. I mean, who who thought Baylor was going to win the conference uh, two years ago? Who thought that it was going to be TCU against uh, Kansas State last year? And really, if you asked me to right now and said, Phil, I need you to make a case for Texas to win the conference. Naturally, I could do that. Oklahoma to win the conference, I could do that. Kansas State, I'd make a strong case. TCU, I could make a strong case. Baylor. I'll make a strong case. I mean, they just won the title two years ago, and Dave Aranda's got a much better team. Texas Tech, I'll make the case for it. They've got 15 super seniors, an experienced team. Uh, but if you're looking for a true dark horse, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. And it's not necessarily because of the talent. Although the talent's good, it's not overwhelming that they have. But what a great schedule that they have coming into the year. I mean, they play six teams that were not in the Power Five last year. They play all four of the newcomers. They avoid Texas. TCU and Baylor and keep in mind this is a team that last year at one point was uh, six and one and ranked number nine in the country and then sort of fell apart down the stretch if they get good quarterback play uh, they've got talent throughout they're not like I said not overwhelming talent but the best schedule of anybody in the big 12 and Mike Gundy knows a thing or two about winning I don't I haven't heard anybody talking about Oklahoma State but that schedule could set them up as your this year's uh, Oklahoma or this year's Baylor or this year's uh, TCU or Kansas State. Phil, you're all over that. Uh, it's a lot of folks forget that Oklahoma State was was really cooking with gas, and they had that lead on TCU. And really, when when that lead evaporated, so did their season. But 
we're looking at the Big 12 slate at large, and with all these matchups against directional schools, we're not going to hit every game. We're going to focus on two or three of these before we close with the West Virginia matchup. But let's start with UTSA and Houston. Obviously, UTSA getting a lot of buzz for a reason. So talented behind center at the quarterback spot with Harris. Uh, you get the sense that Dana in this transition and going through this rebuild might have his hands for hands full against the Roadrunners, right? Yeah, that's how I look at it. Uh, I think UTSA, when you you look at them, Jeff Trailer's got the veteran quarterback. I mean, Frank Harris has been there since, I, I think, the first year of the magazine back in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> He's been there a long, long time. And he had LASIK surgery last year, and wow. I saw the improvement. I mean, he had 32-9 to 9 ratio. He threw for over 4,000 yards. And he's got uh, Cephas and Clark to throw to and the veteran defense. And I love the job Jeff Trailer's doing there. So last year that game went to overtime. Uh, they ended up uh, Houston ended up winning that game in overtime. It was, uh, I think, three overtimes. So UTSA playing with a little bit of revenge. And Houston looks to be in a rebuilding year. New quarterback. Uh, they lose their uh, top rusher from last year. They lose their top two receivers from last year. A lot of question marks on this Houston team. They're number 103 on my experience chart. Meanwhile, UTSA is number 24. The game is a home game for Houston, but this looks like a rebuilding year for the Cougars this year. I actually picked them last in the Big 12 uh, because of the schedule and because of the experience level. So uh, I, I do like UTSA to come out of there with a win in the opener. I'm right there with you. I'm on the UTSA train as well. I love Frank Harris. I think he's going to play on Sunday somewhere. I don't know if he's going to get drafted or not, but he is definitely talented enough. Um, I'm not going to waste any much more time getting to this one. It's the biggest one in the Big 12 outside of West Virginia. That's Colorado and TCU. Obviously, this will be a conference matchup in the near future, but for now, non-conference game here to kick off the season. Coach Prime in his first game at Colorado, you got TCU's lost a bunch of talent, but I feel like there's still enough there. And as you mentioned, you can make a case for TCU to get back to that Big 12 championship game. Where do you see this game? Because, I mean, when you look at Vegas, it looks like 20, 21-point favorites, but it can it really be a much closer game than that? Because I, I, I can't think that 20 or 21 points, it, it, that, that just seems way too much to me. You know, it seems like a lot, but I actually lean a little bit with TCU minus the points in this one. And, and here's the reason why. Uh, when I went over the team with Coach Dykes this year uh, and going through the skill positions, he feels that they're actually more talented at the skill positions than they were last year. Wow. They had in a running back in Trey Sanders, who was my number one rated running back out of high school. He signed with Alabama originally. They've they, You look at the receiving core, they bring in another Alabama transfer, and JoJo Earl, who is my number seven rated receiver out of high school. They've got John Paul Richardson coming in from Oklahoma State. Uh, Savion Williams is there, so they're very talented. The offensive line looks strong. And just going through the positions with them, on many of them, Coach Dykes said, you know, I actually feel a little better about this position this year than we did last year. So my original take on TCU was, boy, they're so many things went right for them last year, and they lost so much talent from last year. This is a team that's going to fall to the middle of the pack, but I think they're going to surprise some folks. And with Colorado, you know, I talked to every coach uh, in the Pac-12 this year except for Deion Sanders, and one of the reasons why, I mean, you just look at the fact that I talked to the coaches after spring practice is over, and it seemed like half the team left Colorado after spring practice. So now he's brought in talent. I mean, Shadur Sanders, uh, McCaskill from Houston, Cavassier Smoke, They've got talent coming in, but they're trying to put this team together in the month of August. I mean, they weren't even there together in the spring. So many of these transfers are coming in August. And I think a lot of head coaches are not thrilled 
with what Colorado's doing, which is pretty much blowing up the team from last year and starting anew. So I think coaches are going to put a priority in trying to beat Colorado this year. Uh, I think they're a team that's going to take a, definitely a, maybe half the season to get rolling with the uh, everybody just trying to learn your teammates. So I'm, I'm actually leaning a little bit with TCU in that one. Quick thoughts before we get into West Virginia Penn State, which we'll talk about here. JT Daniels faced Texas as a member of the USC Trojans. JT faced Texas as a member of the West Virginia team last year. Now his third school, he's now facing the Texas Longhorns. What are your quick thoughts on Rice against Texas this weekend? Well, Texas is going to win this game comfortably. In fact, uh, if you look at page 138 of my magazine, when I uh, have Texas ranked in the uh, Big 12 rankings, they're either number one or tied for number one in all eight position categories. So this is a very talented Texas team. However, I'll say this about Rice. I'm, I think this is by far Mike Bloomgren's best team that he's put on the field. You talked about JT Daniels at quarterback. You got to like Luke McCaffrey at wide receiver. Uh, I was a little disappointed that Bradley Rosner left uh, and went to NC State, but they still have Jack Bradley back at tight end. Keep an eye on him. The offensive line is very experienced at tackle. Uh, and then defensively, uh, they're solid at linebacker and rush end. I think Rice is going to make some noise in the American Conference. Has a chance of even making a bowl game here uh, in Mike Bloomgren's sixth year, much like they did last year. They're going to benefit from the bowl practices. So it's not going to be a total blowout. I think Rice can, can hang with them a little bit, but I definitely think Texas wins this one probably by about four touchdowns. And without Man. further ado, drum roll, Scott. Drum roll, right? <laughs> So our West Virginia Mountaineers, uh, here's a little context. The highest ranked team we have ever in our history beaten in a true road game, number nine in the country. And that was 1982 at Oklahoma, 1954 at Penn State. Penn State currently sits at number seven in the AP. It would be, again, in a true road game, not a bowl setting, not a neutral site game, the highest ranked team if West Virginia found a way to shock the world. It's not lost on us, Phil how ridiculously talented and deep this team is. I see three first-round picks populating the lineup for Penn State. Uh, the depth is off the charts. The truth of the matter is, within West Virginia circles, I don't see the 5-17 and 17 that wrapped things up last year. I think we're better than we were. I think that we're going to be playing with a chip on our shoulder. I don't think much is going to be expected from us out of the Penn State faithful. 105 to 110,000 strong is going to show up. I think we're going to look a lot different. The question is, is it different enough if Penn State maybe pitches in and does their part for West Virginia to pull a stunner? I mean, how do you see this thing unfolding? What kind of scenario would it take for that to happen? Because this would be an epic upset, obviously, for a laundry list of reasons. It would be a massive upset. But, uh, you know, you go back to, to uh, last year, uh, I thought West Virginia outplayed Pitt in the opener. Pitt came in ranked number 17. That game was on the road in the renewal of the backyard brawl. And, you know, going over the team with Coach Neil Brown, uh, he was pretty confident in the running back core led by C.J. Donaldson. The offensive line he feels is one of the best in the Big 12, as do I. Uh, you know, led by Zach Frazier up front. They're very strong. Uh, they should get better quarterback play this year. Uh, and defensively, there's some players like Sean Martin, Anthony Wilson. Now, you touched on the talent Penn State has. Uh, you look at them defensively, and they actually go three deep at basically all three positions on the defense. I rate their defensive line number three in the country, their linebacking core number four, their defensive backs number one. 
offensively. Probably the best offensive line Franklin's put on the field in his years there. They've got Singleton and Allen in the backfield. And if Drew Alara lives up to his potential, look out. He's 6'5", 242 pounds. Uh, I only have Delaware on deck, so you're not going to get Penn State in a C game here. They're not looking forward to anything. They're going to be fully prepared. The key to the game to me is this. Can West Virginia establish the run? I think if West Virginia establishes the run, against Penn State. And Penn State, if you look at them up front, they lost some massive guys uh, up front, like Mustafer was 326 pounds. He's gone, replaced by a 275-pound defensive tackle. So if West Virginia can establish this year, they're going to gain confidence as the game goes on. I think they would have that uh, the possibility of an upset. I'm not calling for it. I think Penn State is a better team. They're at home. But, uh, yeah, I think West Virginia can can definitely make a game of it, and I think the run game is going to be the key. If they can establish a run, get four or five yards of carry early on, they can wear down that Penn State defense as the game goes on. Bill, on the other side of the ball, obviously Penn State's got a stable of backs as well. Um, they, they could probably get three deep there as well, maybe even four. Um, they had two guys that were that were highly returning uh, rushers there, Katron Allen and, and obviously the, the number one guy there. But what else can this offense do? What what is what can West Virginia fans expect from this offense? Is Mike Yersich led offense? Um, are they going to be heavily leaning on the run game with a first year starting quarterback? Um. I don't think they're going to heavily lean on it, but probably a little more so than last year because that that would be a key. If you have the uh, the young quarterback making mistakes, that would definitely put West Virginia in the game. So you got to think early in the season that's what they're going to do with that offensive line, with those running backs. And, uh, you know, the receiving core wasn't overwhelming uh, in the uh, spring and summer. They do have an excellent tight end room, which uh, with the tight ends, you, you got to think that's yeah, to your point, I think they will run the football a little bit more than they did last year uh, and try to emphasize that. Bill, we sure appreciate your time. Uh, this has been tremendous insight. I think you gave uh, West Virginia fans and college football fans in general something to chew on, as you always do. But uh, we can't tell you how terribly excited we are to to have you joining us each week to break things down and give your perspective, which is unlike any other. So we really appreciate it. Hey, it was a lot of fun talking football with you guys today and uh, look forward to going over all the games in the Big 12 and, and the West Virginia Mountaineers all year. Let's hope Neil Brown gets this thing turned around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Phil Steele. Once again, you can go get his magazine at Barnes & Noble and Books and Million. We'll be back right after this to wrap things up. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyds of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. 
If you enjoy In the Gun, you'll love ITGfootball.com. Spread the word. Tell an ear to tell an ear. ITGfootball.com. All right, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We just had Phil Steele on breaking down Big 12, Top 25, and then West Virginia, and it seems like this is going to be really fun, Jed. I mean, you don't you don't get this opportunity to talk to, to a college football connoisseur like this every week, and yeah. unfortunately, we get that opportunity every Thursday. So, uh, thoughts on, on the first Phil Steele uh, show? Well, it's not often I use this word because I have to pay 50 cents each time I do, but I'm just Phil Steele. <laughs> the inimitable Phil Steele. I mean, there's nothing else like Phil Steele. And as always, you sit back and you learn something every time Phil talks. And one of the things I learned was that Frank Harris LASIK story he told. Yeah. It's like, it made me thinking, did I need LASIK surgery? When I was <laughs> Maybe I did and I just didn't get it. I could have used some LASIK surgery myself when I was playing, but, but uh, terrific stuff across the board. Of course, the beauty of it is, uh, and, and now being part of this, we understand because we organized this, we brought him in, we talked to him off the air. He's ready for pretty much anything you want to talk about. I mean, yeah. his preparation is unprecedented. It's and, and I have mad respect for that kind of preparation. Uh, he's ready to talk about any game you want to throw out there. Uh, marquee game, uh, low hanging fruit, high hanging fruit doesn't really matter. But uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, and and I'm really glad that I, I think this was one of the next steps that we needed to take to really give our, our listeners something to chew on and sink their teeth into, and I think they're going to enjoy this. So thanks for you guys out there being a part of this. We're trying to grow and make it even more interesting in any way that we can, so we think Phil Steele is, is serving that purpose for sure. He'll be with us each week. Yeah, absolutely. Every Thursday we'll have this episode out. Also, don't forget – uh, we will have our game preview, and that'll be Jed, Wes, and Owen. That'll air tomorrow. And then, who knows, maybe we do something else this weekend, may do something after the game, maybe Sunday. Who knows? We, we still haven't nailed down those plans yet, but make sure to figure out what those plans are. You go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button on In The Gun Podcast, and also give us a follow on Twitter there as well. The same and believe. And believe, yes. Make sure you go to the right feed Owen Schmidt hurtling over again, as Wesley Euler would say, the poor soul from Rutgers. So, uh, Devin McCourty, but and you never know, Skylar, you were part of this. We already taped yeah. our preview show which was <laughs> Friday. You never know when Owen Schmidt's involved, what unexpected guest might appear yeah. on the show, right? So, I'll just leave that hanging out there. And those who tune in on Friday will understand what we're talking about. Yes. Yes. You do want to tune in because it is, it is a great uh, guest appearance, by the way. So uh, one final thank you to Fortis for roof performance and financial security guarantee. Make sure to visit Fortis.us.com. So that'll do it for us today on the first edition of Phil Thursdays here on in the gun for the signal caller, Jed Drenning. I'm Skylar Callahan and also for Owen Schmidt and Wesley Euler. The one thing we ask of you is to, to be in here and tell in here about your new WVU football podcast in the gun. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.